0: push through and punch through a vision with passion, a vision with passion. Okay. Hello, and welcome to Purpose by Design podcast. Welcome back, everybody. I am Pamela Hinkle. So glad that you're here. And as always, you are going to be transformed while you're here. Today, I have a very special guest with me. I have Yashika with me, and she has an incredible story, and we have also connected through our mentor, Mr. Les Brown, and our Mm -hmm. coach, Mr. John Tallarico, and it is so amazing. When you let God be the compass of your life, I always say he leads right where you need to go, connects you with the most amazing people, and this guest of mine in this time on our podcast is extremely special because there is a story, an amazing story, that Yeshika is unveiling and revealing today. Mm -hmm. And you're going to hear it for the first time. This is where she has been led to bring it all out and share it and and give advice and suggestions for our lives as, Mm -hmm. as we walk through this with her. So I want you to sit down. We were laughing earlier because we both had two drinks, not one. For those of you that can see me, I held up two drinks. If you can't see us, I held up two drinks, water and a coffee. Mm-hmm. This is a time to sit back with your cup of coffee and to just listen and absorb and, and really let God, the universe, whatever you want to call, whoever you want to call right now, let, mm-hmm. let God speak to you. And he's going to speak through her voice. And we are so excited that you are here, Yashika. Thank you. And what you have to share today. Before you jump into this amazing Mm -hmm. story, would you tell our audience, our listening and viewing audience, a little bit about you and who you are? Mm
1: -hmm. Yes. Thank you for the opportunity, Pam. My name is Yashika Mack. I am a, I I don't really mind giving my age, 45 years old, because it's the reason why I'm giving my age to that as well, the life that I've lived. I am here today because I well I'm always going to always talk about why I'm here. But I am a owner of Design Reflections Custom Prints, a printing company. I have an, a nonprofit, uh, Mac House Charities. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, and a mother of three. I have I call myself the eclectic mindset motivator because I have such an eclectic life. I have lived so many d- different lives within a life, but always my life. But however, realize that sometimes we're living on a life that's not necessarily designed for you. So you're kind of like a defaulted life, a life that's thrown and pushed upon you. And I'm one of those people who just take it as it comes and just make it work, however it may. Whenever somebody says, you know, tell me a little bit about you, I always pause for that because I am also the person that says, hmm, I can tell you about everybody else, but I can't tell you about me. Although I have so much to me because it's where do you begin? Yeah. And that's, and that, and that's how I am. And, and I know like when there are other people out there like me that have that same type of uh, understanding, like say, okay, where do you start? Where do you begin? Because it's so much, but that I can say that one of my most proud things is that I am a mother of three. And I know sometimes in, in classes that I've taken, I say, don't start off with your personal stuff. Cause people don't really want to know that. However, this is purpose by design. I think people really do want to know that. Right on. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They really do want to know your personal self. And cause that's the side that we hide a lot. It's our personal self. So that's here. I'm coming to you today as a neglected mindset motivator of someone who found out who she is at a later date in life.
0: Mm -hmm. And who we are continues to evolve, doesn't it? (laughs) Yes. Because you
1: think one thing, oh my. But you know, it's it's that I think it's, I always say I think, but I I know it's that faith walk. Mm -hmm. You, we were raised, raised, I'm raised from Alabama, the South. And you're from Minnesota? Uh, that's Atlanta. where I
0: live now. Yeah, originally from Ohio.
1: Okay. So I called Alabama the dirty South. You know, I'm in South Carolina now. And they say the South. I said, no, y'all just have South in front of the Carolina, but no, you're not from Alabama, <laughs> Mississippi. The go. That's the that's the dirty South. That's the real South. <laughs> well, my my country accent is thicker here. And it's like, where you from? <laughs> I'm <laughs> from Alabama. Where you from? <laughs> so yes. So we we're raised baptist church and you know the lord you are in the church when the when the sun come up you're in the church when the sun go down don't let you have three services but not learning nothing i'm wow. just gonna be truthful about it very transparent you're there all the time you, everybody's showing up and you look to the left look to the right nobody has a bible in their hand but they just listen to the person in the pulpit you're right so that's how how we came up and how we was raised as a, a family church neighborhood church. Everybody went to the church. It's like five on the corner, but everybody knew everybody. And that's how I came up. But I am appreciative of that because that let me know that there was something out there greater than me. And the life that I live, that stretch and like we say in depth, that dash, that's what I'm living now. Mm -hmm. And the dash, I'm at the 45th part of my dash where I really and truly understand how great it is to know God and how great it is to look back over your life Mm -hmm. and realize that something kept you. And it was a reason. And that's where I am today because I know he kept me.
0: Wow, it's so true, so Mm -hmm. true. We can look back and we can see it, right? We can see how, oh man, that is so amazing. I I was uh, brought up similar and Mm -hmm. uh, as, as a young woman, Uh, But at the age of 20, I recommitted myself back to my faith, back to the Lord, Mm -hmm. and never turned back. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, but wanted to be in those places where I wasn't just, just listening and regurgitating, but that Mm -hmm. faith was feet to me, that it became the reality of my life. And it Mm -hmm. was something that I wasn't just parroting. It was something that I knew that I knew that I knew. Mm -hmm. And you absolutely can look back and you can see all of that. When you have been guided as the Lord has led us and even how he's led us to be together today Mm -hmm. is so amazing. Well, I have a question for you. And if you had a billboard, Yeshika, and it could say anything you wanted it to say, what would your billboard say?
1: It would say free to be me. Oh, I love that. Yeah, free to be me. I just um, know that through life, we put so many challenges or so many obstacles, or either, I say shackles too, on our own feet, because I am one person that even though I have lived a life of um, great trauma, great tragedy, tragedies, I just don't blame it on that. I always look at myself, you know, no matter what, and I, and I look at the positive in it. Even when I was going through with my husband passing in, in a sickness, I never asked God, why me? I would always ask him, why not me? And that's the subtitle of the book that I that I was telling you about the b- new book that's coming out with my daughter. That's the chapter is why not me? Is because I feel like as long as it was me and I was taking I was um taking those trials and tribulations that somebody else didn't have to go through. What I went through, I always looked at the other person. You know, even when my husband was down and I was like, oh my gosh, well you know the caregiver part it was difficult with ALS, but I always looked at it as, in, you know what, I'm strong for a reason. And that means that there's somebody else that wouldn't have been able to do the things that I can do. So I thanked him. It hurt, I was living it, you know, but I, but I still thanked him. And it brings me to the story that I wanted to tell today. Today was about my daughter through the process. And I had to give you that little bit about my husband. My husband was diagnosed in 2010 with Lou Gehrig's disease. That's the common name for it, but the scientific name for it is amyotrophic lateral, lateral sclerosis, which is a neurodegenerative disease very rapid and if you can think of a stroke think of us most people that you think of a stroke is on on, it has to do with your your brain the left side right of your brain involvement right so if you think of a stroke in your spinal cord that's a person with ALS your spinal cord is your central nervous system system that controls all of your movement so you know when you have a stroke that part of your brain dies so imagine if you have a stroke in your spinal cord that wow. part dies, which means that's your movement, your muscles. So the person with ALS eventually par- is paralyzed. Every muscle eventually dies, including breathing, because remember your diaphragm is a muscle. Mm. So eventually they will either pass away from suffocation or complications of those type things. And so when the person is diagnosed with ALS, they know that they're going from here to there. And, and it's a rapid, rapid movement it's oh. you can literally be in a moment of reaching and they lose that ability you know we watched that with oh my, my husband as he was uh he was able to navigate his wheelchair he had a little a uh, little hand motion and he was going up in the van was getting him on the van and he was able to do it himself I just you know he could just push with his shoulder and then push his hand forward but as we were coming up the ramp he lost the movement right in the movement and his his hand fell back and we would sit, we was I was standing there, my, my child, children were standing there, it was like, oh, okay. And you know, you don't wanna say anything and he's hurt because he he's doing everything, but his mind is telling him, but his his muscles are not working. They they're not, they're not receiving it. And so we lost that movement. And that's when I learned too, that every step of life and people say, oh, tomorrow's not promised to you. No, tomorrow's not promised to you, neither is the next second. And I'm saying it in a way that people understand. Don't yeah. live like, oh, tomorrow's not promised to me. But you also can be in a moment of a second where you lose that, mo- that movement. Your life just changed forever. Or yeah. Something that you can never have back. So we need to look at the seconds of the day versus the minutes and the hours. Because every minute, every second counts. Tell somebody you love them. Tell Give somebody a hug. The things that you thought, oh, oh I'm going to put that off. No, don't put it off. Because that second, that moment, you may say, okay, I'm going to walk here. Oh, I could do that a little bit later. I'll do that tomorrow. But what happens if you no longer have that, that muscle to move? Mm. You know, so that's how, that's how we, we live with ALS. So my children were my backbone because in the, in the beginning when my husband was diagnosed, he didn't want anyone to help us. And this is also part of the story that nobody knows. He didn't want anyone to help me in the house because remember, remember and I'm very transparent, Pam, he's a black male. He's a headstrong male. He's done 20 plus years in the military where he was a leader. He's telling other people what to do and guiding them through. And now all of a sudden you can't do anything. You have to depend solely on your wife. So it was a lot of turmoil in there, the bitterness that he had. But ALS is a disease that when you're trying to wrap your head around what I have, it has progressed so far that you lost that time that you can't even have back. So it's almost like wasted time of being mad and angry and bitter, but that's normal. And it's human, when you, when you're told that you're going to you know, pass away, that you, that you don't have, you won't see your little one. Cause my little one was three months old when he was diagnosed. You won't see him, you know, go to school. You won't see him on his first day at school. He knew all these things. So imagine that as a, as a person. And then also as a, as a young, I say a young, wife, I say, Pop my collar. I was in my 30s. So it's like, okay, this is, this is interesting. And so that's why I, even that, through that trial, I was like, oh my, it was hard, you know, but I never, I never asked God, why me? I just asked him, why not me? Why not me? You know, why not? So my children were my backbone. They were the help. I had, my oldest one was my daughter. And then my next one, next to the one was Javon, which is my little one. Well, he's the middle son and then the baby, of course. So it was just the three of us. And I didn't see, it was a lot because we had to do everything for my husband. You know, when we wake up in the mornings, and I tell people, when you wake up in the mornings, the first thing you do, you stretch, you go to the, to the restroom, who doesn't do that first, right? Now, if you have a three-month-old baby and you have a husband with ALS who's already in the wheelchair, I couldn't do that first, I couldn't take care of me first, I couldn't, I couldn't brush my teeth before I got up, I couldn't go to the bathroom first, I had to see about him, because if I didn't see about him first, it was going to be more of a problem of an accident, then, and so I I was, I was just trying to fix myself the training to let's, okay, you got to get up, two hours early or and you're exhausted because you just had a long night the fi- night before because he's tossing you're trying to make him comfortable and then you got the baby up and down the baby not. it was like you, your mind is like going crazy going crazy and you're going through this and then you're asking the help for the kids and then my daughter who's a teenager at the time not thinking as at, at the time that she's a teenager now teenagers come with their own set of rules <laughs> They are coming with their own set of rules, their own way of thinking, their own, and asking for help, not thinking that it was bothering her till we fast forward till he passed away and everything just changed in my life. Everything changed. One day we were fussing, I was fussing at her about something and she just literally walked out the house. And I I talk about being a a Southern person and I'm a black Southern person, uh, that's very disrespectful for a child that you're in. just like me and you are talking. except you, you know, man, just, you're fussing. So it's a little bit more to her like that, right? So I'm fussing about something, whatever. And then she look at me, picks up some keys, her keys, her car, and walk right out. Like, Pam, I'm talking to her. And she walked right out the door. And I'm like, I'm still shocked today. <laughs> Years ago, I'm still, I'm still shocked that she did that. And left. Mm. And left. And she was gone for four days. Oh, wow. I didn't know where she was. I didn't know who she was with. I knew nothing. And I was in the cross between a, I don't want to be a Southern mom, like my mom. And I don't want to be a too, you know, let everything slide mom. So I was just stuck as into what do you do? and what just happened, because, you know, so for four days, I didn't, didn't get a call from her, I didn't get, not even snail mail, you know, and, and I was in Grand Bay, so we still even had, uh, I think we had a landline, nothing, for four days, and after that fourth day, she just came back to the house, and here I am again, I'm in, the, I'm tearing, I'm in this mindset, it's like, okay, do I go hard, do I go, what, what do I do, mm-hmm. you know, and so, She came back in the house like nothing happened and i let that happen like nothing happened i let her walk right on back in and so that was then that was the first time she did that was 2012 was the it was two months after he passed away and so and i i let it slide i didn't say anything i act like i did that it just didn't happen so we carried on like that for a while she didn't disappear but we didn't have really of a of a mother-daughter loving relationship. I I, I always remember because that, uh, you know, the Huxtables was on TV, you know, the Brady Bunch, We you know, the stuff that we came up with, these, these families, we didn't have that. And I realized something, and again, I'll tell you, I'll be very, very transparent. I didn't like her. I loved her, sure. but I definitely did not like her. This was from her being um, a senior in high school now. And because I because I come from where I come from, I knew that some things that she just wasn't gonna do, but you never wanna kill a child's dream, right? We always hear that,
0: don't mm-hmm. kill
1: a child's dream. So she says, oh, I wanna do this and I wanna go to school here, we're in Alabama. She wanted to come back to South Carolina. I wanna go to school in South Carolina, I wanna do this. And I'm looking at her like, oh, okay, you know? So what I do, here I go again, that cross mom, don't know which, which side of the mom track I wanna be on. I said, okay. Prepare her to move to South Carolina to go to school. She drove. We did all that. I'm in Alabama. Then I get the calls. Oh, mom, I miss you so much. I want you to come here. Why can't you move? Why can't you do this? Da, 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 da. Okay, so we're still, you know, just trying to have a decent relationship. Then here it comes again. She's gone. So she's at school, but it's like, it's like she's gone, but she's not gone because she's at school. So I hadn't heard from her. Then... I did what some moms do, probably was a, to the extreme. I also wanted to come back to South Carolina because this was where remember the sip slow, the the the, the yeah. and I think I in, in hindsight now I'm thinking I was coming back to feel him, you know, because this is where we were. And so don't let you right. Um so I can so I moved back to South Carolina and I'm thinking, oh, it's gonna be great because she's been away from me. Me and the boys are gonna come up, we're gonna just You know, mm -mm. I got an apartment as my house was being built. She came in, she stayed. I said, okay, um, the middle middle son had, um, you know, football practice and stuff. She didn't want to help me do that. So she didn't want to do that. So no big deal. Then again, disappeared. Hmm. Didn't know where she was. Didn't know what she was doing. So I said, okay. She just literally walked again. I was sitting (laughs) and walked right out the house. And my son's like, mom, where, where's diego? I, I have no clue where she's going. She'll be back later. She was gone for maybe about a week, about a week. Didn't know where she was. Then we're going to fast forward. This happened a couple more times. And then fast forward up to when I was actually working with the ALS association, she did it again. Huh. And I had no clue this she's driving now. So she's just gone. So she was gone for three days this time. I said, you know what? Maybe I need to report her missing, you know? So I, because I was a recruiter here, I did have people, friends that was still in the law enforcement. I was asking a question, you know, what did I do this and another? So uh, one of the guys was telling me, hey, be sure before you make the call, have all your information because what you would not want to do is have to, go get it or say I'll call you back because then you can start all and he said that's gonna make your process longer and more frustrating. So I was at work, so I was about to gather my stuff up to go home to gather the pictures and all things that he told me I needed to have when I made the call. So I decided, you know what, let me call my friend in Georgia and, and say, you know, because I hadn't even really told people that she's done this, right? So I have a, a friend that was in the military with me and she was in Georgia and I said, hey, um, just letting you know I'm about to file a missing report, person's report for my daughter and for Daye I, I call her name and um, and she says really what happened I said I haven't seen her in a week I have no idea where she is I don't know she just left she left she's mad at me again so she left and so she on the phone up and she called me back about five minutes later and said she just showed up <laughs> No, I know that come on now i I know I was born. I said, she just showed up. She said, yep, she just showed up here at my house. I said, oh, okay. So it was great. So that friend and I really fell out because I'm like, you could at least call and say it. Your daughter is here. You need not tell me nothing going on. Just at least let me know that she was there. You know, earlier before this part. But she, but I get it. She did tell me she, I didn't know. She, I had no clue that you didn't know. But when I was telling you she was missing. That was your time to tell me, not wait five minutes later. Then tell, me, oh, she just showed up. That don't; those two don't go together. They don't pass the common sense test. It doesn't work. <laughs> oh. So that was then. So again, that happened. And so, mind you, these are years that are passing through. We started in two thousand twelve, and now we're in like maybe two thousand fourteen. Now we've already had like what three just walkaways. So bring you up to the speed. Here we are again. I'm in the house. 2015, 2016. She comes and it's the same thing. This time is having to go get her is different. I'm having, she gave her car away. She had, that's all my husband asked me to get her was a brand new car because he knew he wasn't gonna be here to be able to help her if she got a secondhand car. Gave it away. She went down to, I'm in South Carolina now. I remember I came here, but she's everywhere else. I have gone to pick her up. Not gone to pick her. Up, had to send money for her to get her from a place called Buford, South Carolina. It was over two hours away. I've had to get her from Arizona. Don't I, I have no clue how she nomaded to Arizona? She was in Arizona, and uh, it's a, it's been a child. These are the things that I've had to go through with her. And in each time, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm just so tired. I don't. It's like she hated me. Mm-hmm she really hated me and I was like what and then when I tell you if you can think of it she did it to me and it was so nasty so I just did, I didn't even want her around me just get away the last one the last time she didn't she she was so spiteful she wrote a letter to my youngest son he's five at this time and said mom put me out she doesn't And and he read it and so he came to me. You may hurt me. You may hurt me. Remember now, his dad passed away two years ago. And so, uh, and so it's like you may hurt sister lead. You and it was so. It was so much because it's like he's. How do you explain? He's only five. And why would you do that to him? So as far as when I say she did it, <laughs> if you can think of it, she did it. She's she has done some stuff. So. Now we fast fast forward to the pandemic, which is 2020. You know, we had the pandemic um, beforehand. Now we're going, we're doing a lot of back and forth in and out, in and out, in and out of the house. And to that, I said, "Look, you just can't do this. Stay on the other side of the door." And, and not, I'm not, and I'm not sugarcoating me at all because that's one thing I do not want people to do. understand me. I'm not, I'm not Claire Hustable. I'm not, um, I'm not Miss B. I'm none of them. I'm just, I can go just as hard as most of them. I know. I, I just don't want people to think that it's like, oh, Rose. No, <laughs> I'm very. I'm a mom. I'm a very mom, and I'm also. I'm very uh, hard too. I have a background, have a military background. I have, a, I had a hard mom when I came up with. So I'm not, I just don't want people to think that I'm just painting the picture of a defiant child, and I'm all Mary Poppins over here. No, 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 no. We want to want you know we want to be fair with fair is. So it was a lot of verbal going back and forth, a lot of things going back and forth between the two of us. I didn't like her. I did not like her. I just loved her. I knew I had to love her, but I just did not like her, and she didn't like me really didn't like me we have had straight fights what is a mother and a daughter doing fighting we have had those physical fights in this house and it's and it's not anything that i'm proud of but i'm it's the reason why i'm telling the story so people can really get the picture i don't i just don't want you to think it was roses i just don't want you to think that it was that it was all her because remember I'm also trying I'm also dealing with stuff too and I'm trying to understand how do I do this and did I tell you my background I forgot to tell you guys this I have a master's in counseling and psychology and a bachelor's in psychology and I'm also a certified life coach but none of that works when it's your own child I'm just trying to (laughs) Right. None of it works when it's your own child. It goes whoo, out the window. But I did have friends, counseling friends that I can give the report to and they can give me what's going on. And I think I have two, one in Alabama, Shalonda, she deals with those defiant teenagers. That's her niche. She loves them. She's even had to go pick her up for me when she, one of her disappearing acts. And she was like, look, you know, your mom ain't gonna take too much of this, Right. <laughs> And she said you you know you know you uh, you're on eggshell and you're skating on a pretty thin piece of ice, and she's gonna let go of it, so she's even had to pick her up and she said she said she, said, she could. and this is the first time that that I now mind you master in counseling and psychology, so we've been through this. i never connected to that. She said saidSheka, something's wrong with Don she said." I only had, cause she does, this is what she does for a living. She's always with, t- with tr- troubled youth and teenagers. And, and, um, she says, it's something wrong with her. You need to have her psychologically evaluated. Wow. I said, what, you know? First of all, now like okay, well, you know, I said and you know here I go that, or that no, it ain't nothing wrong with her. She just don't like me. She just she just want to be a defiant teenager, not turned into a defiant adult. She just went from not liking me. You know, I'm just like, like that. So she's like she says, no, no, I I hear all that. I hear you, but I'm serious. You need to have her psychologically evaluated. Something's not right. And so I said, um, oh, okay. So a year passed, and so now we're back in the 2020 phase. And she came back here with the same thing and I told her the only way, because we because remember we we've had a lot of issues going on now, the only way that you can stay here is that half that you got to see what's going on. Cause we can't be just this bad, you know. Sure. It, it just can't be. And then here I am, I'm trying to go through changes myself, trying to get to know me better, trying to follow the path of the Lord. It just can't. And I'm asking the questions. I'm asking God for the question. I'm asking him to show me, guide me, lead me, make, help me be a better mom, help me be a better parent, help, help a better listener, remove me, more of you, less of me. These were my prayers every single day, more of you, less of me, because I was struggling. I was struggling with the fact what, and then I'm, and I still have to hold it together because I have other kids. And when we went, I did get her to go. And so then that's where it started, where they, where she was evaluated. And one of the intake counselors, and, and, and again, this, I got mad at myself. I'm like, well, how did you miss these signs? You studied this stuff. Your intern was with adolescent teenagers. You didn't, you knew you didn't like that population. That's why you don't do it. Well, how did you miss this? How did how did you? I'm, I'm. How did I miss this? What? No, you know she's just a good fake. That's what I'm thinking. She just faking really good. So the intake counselor interviewed her, and then she called me in, and she says, "Now tell me what's going on." And I was and I was talking to her and, and telling her because and she was feeling I was filling in the gaps of the story that my daughter was telling, but I had no idea what she was telling. And that's when the realization came to me. And she said, "Your daughter is struggling with the cycle. Psycho- we need to get her psychologically eval. And but because of her age, it's volunteer. Hmm. She doesn't have to agree. Now, I didn't tell you this part. But that what led us up to this this right here is because she this she left again. She disappeared." But this time she was in the woods somewhere so one of the neighbors saw her walking down the street and she was limping and she had looked dirty. and and by this time this is when i started i I say i don't like her but i always care because trafficking of females is real i was scared for her and so she said can you she's walking down the road and i know i saw her so you know i work with boxers so the guys at the gym they went and started looking they left to find out where is she? So they picked her up for me. And that day, this is where I tell you, God intervened. I prayed, God, more of you of me, please do something. When the, when he intervened, um the coach took her back to the gym. There were two nurse practitioners there, one that dealt with mental health. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and they and he said, Um, you need to get, you know, call, get her to the hospital. And they was telling us, and I said, listen, I have done, at this point, I have done a lot, though. I really have done a lot. I've tried, this, when, when I took it to the first part, the first, and I know I'm skipping a little bit of my story. When I took it to be BEVAL the first time we was at the mental health, see, that was voluntary, see, and she knew that. So she didn't agree to anything. So when we left there, we left there. So then a week later, this is what, I, this happens. And so she asked the gym, and I was telling them, I said, I'm just, I can't do anything. It's all voluntary. And so she says, no. I'll make the call because they knew exactly what to say to 911 dispatch to make them move. Because if you, you and it's, um, it's something that the wording of what you say, you can be, and we wonder why we have so many domestic situations and what, how come law enforcement is late or the intervention is late because you don't know that you, you, you cause, and that's what I learned. I learned through that counseling. You don't tell your story, Yashika. You tell pieces, you don't tell people what really hurts, what really, because I have learned, I have adapted so mm-hmm. that I don't into that side of me. And so, and I had through her story and getting help. And it's when the counselors also had to talk to me when you're making a distress call, you have to be in distress, but you are so strong, strong, like, yes, I'm having problems here at um fortune. You know, you can't be like that. You have to really jump. They have to feel distress. And I didn't know that, so I learned. You know, I had no clue. So that day that the um, that they called uh, that the nurses called, they knew exactly what to say. We had the um, ambulance there, we had um, law enforcement there. And remember when uh, this is that time of the year when all the stuff was going on with law enforcement, and here we are. We have all these well, not all of them. Because if you this you call nine one one, they're going to dispatch the paramedics, police officers coming as well. And then it's a disturbance. So he's like, oh my gosh, it's, 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 what's going to happen? You know, yeah. and you should, you should not be at that point where you're thinking, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And then I'm on one side of the time. And I was like, so, I am just so tired. So messed up. But I thank them because had they not intervened, had, not, had they not stopped their workouts, they're working out in the gym to say, you know what, this child needs help. So the gash, she had a gash on her foot. They were treating her foot and where she was literally walking and she said the stories that she told about she had cuts over her all her body we didn't know what happened and so when the coach called me and he said you need to come right away and and I'm still numb I'm still numb to her because I've been through so much with her but no matter what you don't want to see I just want to understand how people have not cannot have compassion for another person because regardless of the fact all that she's put me through she still was human to me and nobody wants to see a human hurt right or someone hurt a human right so we had um, that day learned of sexual trauma somewhere out there in the woods we don't know what happened and her mind blocked it out all, all out and even the EMT that day because it's a it's a look that uh mental Mental. and i'm and i'm grateful for this particular set of people because in the cops because they seen it it's a look that they have over their eyes that there's something that they see in them that can tell that they're not quite a hundred percent okay so that began the process so she was checked into the hospital on that day and so she stayed a week and then i that's when i learned everything and for one in. She ended up being diagnosed with bipolar, schizoaffective disorder, where it was more than one of them, and that explains. I didn't even get down to tell you about the people in the attic. One night, I had to take a take a ride, in because she said there was people in my house trying to kill us, and oh she 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 stood over me with a knife one night. You know, mm-hmm. these are the things, that I I, I, I said, "What I say? Well, where do you where do you start with all this stuff?" But I was at the. This is after learning that she had the mental illness. This part of it. It really started showing itself. Then when I sat and I, I sat and thought about it, I said, I used to joke about it and say it was two of them because she can be so sweet. And she can be so innocent, and then all of a sudden she just turned into this like this monster, like this person you can't tell her nothing. This and I'm independent. I'm this. That's when she just walked straight out the door, you know. And then I sat there and I was like, you know. And I started looking through her Facebook. You know, I don't even. And I blame me for that. I'm saying I blame, but I just I take some of that because I never went through her Facebook page. Never went none of that to realize that she had two names. And wow. so when I started connecting the dots myself, I was it, it was right in front of you and that's why I like that phrase that Les Brown says you can't see the picture when you're in the frame
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I was too close to the situation and how and I said how did I miss these signs how were they right in front of me and I'm just I just wrote, wrote it off and said she just out of control she just don't like me and I don't like her she want to do her own thing but not realizing that it wasn't I don't even know who I was talking to at times because it was She's bipolar, schizoaffective disorder, but she's more on that schizophrenic side. And I and I didn't know. So the one that didn't like me was the one she called a, a certain name. Cause she, her, her name is, well, um, I don't know. I, said I don't know if we should just say names on, on here cause it's, it's live, but her name is one name, but she shortened it when it was that other person. Interesting. And that, that person is the one who hated me. That person was the one that that, that went, that took me through the the ringers. So when I'm here today, because I wanted to share that, because when we're looking and we're so close to the situations and we don't see, when we find out what the situation was, now it's a process that is difficult. It's called healing. Mm -hmm. But what do you heal from? Because I have to go back and who am I healing? You know, because... I she's done so much to me over the years it's like I literally got to the place where I, I'm this is I did not like her I hated her and I'm just and that's a strong words but that is the truth yeah. but I loved her in the same sentence because she was mine and I and I always she wanted to go stay with my mom I said no because I had you you're my responsibility whatever's going on with you I have to deal with that so now we're at the process, and I was telling you about the book, the mothers and daughters book, because I was supposed to write sip slow, which is what I thought. But this came to me. Um, one of my friends asked me if I would write a chapter in the mothers and daughters books, only the stories that oh, it's this one, the story their way, only they can tell. And so I started that chapter on her, and it was Why Not Me? That's the name of it. And so I after I wrote it, I said, okay, and I let her read it, my daughter reading, so she know what I'm writing. And so I said, no, nah, I have to come back with something else because that's going to leave people hanging. Well, what happened? Now this now this is the process and this story is yet to be written. It's going to be written daily because it's a work and process to get to the place to where you cannot look at her as that defiant person she was and try to look at her. I'm working hard to look at her as the one who truly loves me ask her mom because she writes stuff to me she puts stuff on Facebook now and says you know if it wasn't for my mom you know I had a I had a strong mom a loving mom and see these are the things I I never knew that she even liked me you know I didn't think that she even cared about me I thought if I if I was burning she wouldn't put me out you know that's literally how bad it got with her and now to know that this was what was going on it's it's hard to get to that place. It's it's hard, but it's worth it to try to get over that. And so one day we were riding in the car, and it's something she did. Because I mean, when I, Pam, when I tell you, she, she she took some hard cuts. Now she cut deep. What she's doing, she was going through her stuff, and I was starting to ask her something about it, and she just says, "Mom, can you please not bring up the past because we're trying to move forward." Now the other me before thinking in the results, I would be like, "What?" oh so you know but the thing is like now i'm at a different place with her and i understood i understood I'm, I'm at a different place also in my life that i understood and when i asked god to show me me i didn't ask him to show me me that i'm gonna like i said show me me so he had to show me so because if you ever want well, listening to a read outwitting the devil sometimes you see the mirror or the reflection of you and the, the things that aggravate you about another person so I had to learn those things and look past what I see and find the lesson, the positivity. What is it that I need to learn from it? And so now I also have, I have all of them on a healing process where they're also in a mastermind where I'm doing that with them, having them listen to affirmations, having them listen to Les Brown, having them listen to so we can reshape things. Cause also it's not just me that had to heal too. We have a whole family and my sons, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. they have
1: to heal. And so now she's been on medication. And so it's a part in the book that when um, I tell you that I just really broke broke down because I've been so controlled all my life, but it was March 1st of 2020. I lost both of them in one night, both kids. My son had a, well, I'll tell you this first. She, this was another one of those things. Now, mind you, we've already done the evaluation. So we know that she's diagnosed now. She has a diagnosis. So this this is what this was what led to the night that she was gone for a week in the woods when she disappeared. So no 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 It says so when disappeared she wasn't gone she was gone for like almost forty eight hours on that time because she just left the house she just walked out she's mad at me she walked out and so this time she stands into the in the middle of the cul-de-sac she's like you did and that's oh my gosh where did this girl come from so. <laughs> She left, but this time I had a little bit of a, I was outside of the frame, a tad bit. So I had a little bit of help because I'd already been to the mental health. We've already done a por- the portion of it. And they've already given me the crisis numbers. And so when I called them, I said, she's she's left. And because now she has a mental illness, law enforcement, if you call, they're coming right away. So I literally had law enforcement in my house when I had everything that they needed because she, um, she was missing now. And I didn't. I didn't know that. I learned this. They come right away when it's a mental ill person, and you make that call, and they've already been documented. So when she came, when they come, they got everything that they needed for me. They were not gone. Fifteen minutes. That I got another call. My son's girlfriend called me to tell me that my son was being medevaced to Richland Memorial. <laughs> yep. So. He was in a one-person car accident by himself, and he was being, ugh. and so I'm literally, okay, wait a minute, wait, the, I have one missing, don't know where she is, and I have another one that's on the way to the hospital, and I have been in so much control all my life, because remember all the stuff I'm telling you, I'm still composing control, and I, and I couldn't, I couldn't mm-hmm. do anything, I, my body shut completely down. And I don't know where this what these things came from, but I, but I know I always say God has always been watching me, and I've always been strong. But I lost it. It was nobody here but me and my eleven year old, and I live. This is the first he's never seen me cry.
0: Mm. Never seen
1: me cry, and I broke down because I could not control the situation. I didn't know what was going on, back. You know, you think meta that's serious. Yeah, you think um one of them's missing and so I don't know how these calls came in but I'm sure they came in because my I remember my sister and then somebody came to pick me up my, I don't know how all this stuff worked but it worked and I was trying to figure out who made the calls or whatever so I in my book I just call them angels because I have no idea my sisters everybody's in Alabama I'm the only one here so the people it's like they were just like like military like you were activate it to take over because I was I was not in a place to do any I couldn't I could I I didn't know whether I was going or coming and so that was now when you say a true defining moment when I felt like I lost both of them in the same night mm-hmm. that was that was a true defining moment in my life that I I couldn't I just, I just called on them I just called on the name and the people who stepped up and got in got in a position to do things like get me to the hospital I had my other sons godparents they they were here I don't even know where they came from but they were here to pick me up nobody wanted me to drive and then um but then I had the little one at home and my other neighbor she was at the door she said I got him you just go you know and so it's like the things that happened and when I'm in the process of going to the hospital the sheriff's office they're they're still calling to check in to make sure my daughter has not um has not phoned or anything and it was crazy you talk about the worst 24 hours in my life was then that was worse than my husband passing because it was like and I could not imagine I had no I didn't know anything about my son's condition nothing nothing all I know is in his girlfriend she was on her way because uh her cousin showed up her cousin was literally two minutes down the road it's a small town so he heard it he was sitting on his porch, and he heard it. He didn't know it was my son, but he heard the, com- the, the, the whatever it was. So he got in his car and immediately came on the scene and realized it was my son. But nobody was there with him. And he said he was thrown outside of the car. He was laying de- face down by a tree. Oh, and God. so he went to call. And this, this is the shimmering side of it. He called 911. They told him the call had already been placed. And the uh, EMT was already dispatched. A female made the call. Cliff is his name. He said, "Miss Mack, there's no way. I didn't see a car. I would have seen her. The, I was literally right there that night when, when I made it to the hospital. And you know the the um the troopers, state troopers, always have to come and do whatever. So we was saying and literally he was." in a when that board where they just he could not move
0: yeah.
1: everything from top up was broken on him his both arms his his ribs his it was and I had a, I saw him like that and remember we still don't know where she is you know yeah. and so and he was just he was in so much pain and that's the first time I ever saw a true trauma hospital when, when you see it on tv And I was like, I've been to the ER before. It don't happen like that. No, my sister said it's a difference between trauma ER. And he was in trauma ER. It literally was like it was on TV where you have this and that moving. The patients are all over the floor. They literally had him at the nurse's station because he, they were trying to to get his pain under control. And he was just, just laying there. He says, mom, please help me. And it wasn't nothing I can do. I couldn't do anything. He had that that thing because they had already done X-rays and they didn't want to move him because they didn't know if his back was broken. And so he was—he's—he said, "Mom, it just hurts so bad." And he has a high tolerance for pain. This guy, this little this guy played played the ninth year. I mean, his whole season of football was a broken foot. <laughs> so oh. he has a high tolerance for pain. But he's—but he was like, "Mom, please help me." And I tell that this story because no matter how much we think. That we have things in control, it can be out of your control like that. And sometimes we have to let up and sip that coffee slow because just like that, your life can change for the rest. I mean, an inch of a second can change you for the rest of your life. That changed me for the rest of my life, Pam. I cannot no longer look at things and take stuff for granted. I can no longer think that I have to be in control of everything. I had to learn to let stuff go. and 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 walk away even if it meant you have to figure that out on your own because trying to be that helicopter or that that um that uh that mom that holds everything because i'm thinking i have to be strong i have to stay here for everybody have to do this we have to make sure everything's just right dress and you that doesn't work when when some a situation like that that doesn't work Mm. it can it does nothing for you you have to call on god you have to call and you have to let people help you. I didn't even let people help me because remember I told you, my husband wouldn't let nobody help us. I wasn't used to calling people to ask them to help me, but I didn't have a choice. It's like, you either gonna let me do it. That's like, I was like talking to me. You either gonna let me do it or I'm gonna continue to let you make a mess of it because right now I got this. And I had to say, yes, Lord. I had to back up. I had to say, yes, Lord, I got you. And whatever, and I, and I remember going, whatever it is that you have for me, Please let it reveal itself. I went into that mode to show me what I need to do to bring people to you. They see you through me. What is it that I need to do that people understand that we're gonna go through a lot in life? And yes, we are. Everybody that has hurt you, everybody's bad, they're not, everybody's not bad. And even the ones, and that's what he showed me too. Like my daughter said, I'm like, man, I'm not that girl. But he said, hmm. But how many times have I forgiven? Wow. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: That, that kind of hit hard because like, you know, you're going to be judgmental. Well, what makes you think if you believe in me, what makes you think that I can't change anybody?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What makes you think that I can't fix any situation? What makes you think that you were doing this by yourself? <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Because like we had those conversations. As I said, Lord, I can't do all this this long prayer on the knees, I said, we have to talk just like this, and and it works, it works for me, yeah. and that's the conversations we have, so I say that when I say the stories of my, my kids, because when I started the book, it was why not me, and then it was a lover, a mother's love tested, but as I was reading the chapter again, I was thinking it was all about my, but I said, wow, it's not, it's about both of them, it's about a mother's love tested, my love was tested on this spectrum to that spectrum in and out up and down I was like from my hurting to um, mental to physical all of that but at the end of the day they're living both of them my son was supposed to have multiple surgeries had none oh that's a testimony (laughs) yes he's had none and so it's like wow and he, his scapula is in between. So we have to continue to pray for him. It's broken. It's split in half. And they said it's not going to, it won't, it won't close. And he can't have, well, they opt not to have that surgery because that surgery isn't very extensive because of what sits on top of that, all those muscles, those nerves, those tissues. And he was only 19 when this happened. Yes. So also in the doctors was like, he is strong, but we still wonder, Pam. Remember I told you that somebody called the 911. Well, yeah. I'm gonna go back to that for a second. When the highway patrol came in to talk to me and I was, I was sitting right by Devon's bed, he, he says, they can't find the woman. And he asked my son, how did you get out the car? He don't know how he got out the car. There were no drag marks, but everything was broken. The car was on the side. The only way he could have gotten out is he had to crawl out. He didn't have no, he had nothing. It was broken. And so the highway patrol said, did he ask, did he see? He said, no, he didn't see anyone. They tried to call, you know how you 911, you can call the number back? There's nobody. There's no number it's a phone number but it's nothing it's not and and they know it was a female that called even when they went back to and you know it is amazing how technology is they can tell you what happened there's no sign of another vehicle nothing who was she where did she come from and i said that night I don't care, but I thank you, God, for whoever yes. she was, whoever that was, whatever angel that was, because yes. there is no, no one can pack. They just know that if she was, she called 911, that's it. Can't trace the number, none of it to get it. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. So and even when Cliff was telling me that, I, mean, I had chills
0: mm-hmm.
1: on my arm when he was telling me about it. when he tells the sight, you hear him tell that part of the story but it's like, wow. So again, when we think that we're in the darkest of the darkest, God always have you. If you trust and believe he always send people when you don't even know, you don't even know who they are. You don't have to know who they are. You don't even have to question it because that, when I realized I wasn't getting ready to dig deep, I, Hey, thank you i know who it was it was a father however he had to come and i was grateful for him on that oh every day i'm grateful for him but i'm so grateful because that phone call was the mat was the life and death because yeah. he cliff said when he got there he was having to tell, stay with me javon stay with me so he can stay conscious and that's how immediate those things happen boom 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 so if you ain't get nothing else out of this, you better get a, a dose of faith because I know I have it and a testimony. I'm telling you, I am I am overly joyful. Wow. And to think all that stuff that I've been through, and I still I'm still here, I can still laugh, I can still smile, and I always say, as long as I'm on this side of the dirt, I can be better today than I was yesterday. So, wow.
0: <laughs> so true. Oh my gosh, what an incredible story. And so, an angel, most likely. Mm-hmm. You know, watch, if you well, what, what watching over your kid. I mean, just moms, dads, listen. Yeah. There's a, g- a God out there that loves your children, mm-hmm. that knows where they're at all the time. Yes, no, you don't know. You don't have to fear. I mean, I know we fight those feelings. Those feelings are real, but. When it comes down to those brass tacks, God had his hand there and moved his hand Mm -hmm. to spare your son, to get the help there, and also how his hand was just over your daughter all those times. All these years. was going through what she was going through. Mm -hmm. The hand of God, of divine protection Mm -hmm. was there. Mm -hmm. When you didn't know what was going on, you thought she was this, that, whatever, His hand was there and and really orchestrating, not Mm -hmm. the bad, not not the wrong choices or anything, but orchestrating that mess into that masterpiece that it's like it culminated for you in that Mm -hmm. moment. Oh my goodness. But look how he kept her though, Pam. We have, how many times have we
1: read or either turned the news on or listened to trafficking, Mm -hmm. killings, rapes, um strung out where they can't come back you've seen seen this stuff and look what he did my my daughter is in her she's in her right mind she is like I pray because I, I used to do, and I didn't even realize the things that you don't even know you're doing I used to always ask him to dispatch his angels around him wow well. And I started that when they were kids. And I never stopped. Even when they were 18 and you think, oh, they can fly out. I never stopped at Dispatcher. And, and you know what? He did. <laughs> <laughs> he did. All these years, he did. He always had them something, the angels was with them. Yeah. Because this girl has, Donyea has nomad from this. How do you get from South Carolina to down here to all the way to Arizona? <laughs> right and then the situation she's been in it's like walking in the middle of the street nobody hit her right and each time she's disappeared she, she's always coming and no matter how many times she disappeared Pam she always knew her mama's number oh she always she didn't have a phone I've had to go in the middle of the night go drive to Atlanta which is three and a half hours away because she got on the bus with no ID, no nothing, and the, I'm just trying to tell you how good he is, because I was sitting in a seminar, and it just so happened to this, this, um, I just met her, and she invited me to the seminar, and Danye, this, and Javon's in the hospital now, this is, oh my gosh, I had both of them in the hospital at the same time, he's in the hospital, she ups and leaves again, went to, was supposed to be going to Jacksonville, Florida, five hours away, didn't make it whatever, but the guy put her on a bus, no ID, no phone because she said she wanted to go to Atlanta.
0: Oh.
1: So I was sitting there when I I was frantic like oh my gosh, so I was telling this lady that she literally left out of the conference with me, went outside and we spent the next hour making phone calls because she was from the area. Do you know the chief of Atlanta Police stopped that bus that came into Atlanta? And, had, and they had her at the police station. And they said, no, we would not put her back on the bus, ma'am, you have to come get her. That's all these things that, that, that was putting in place to show me that this was not a person that was just being defiant. She really was somebody that she didn't know who she was. And, right. the, the, and they called me and said, "Miss Mac," because I had already been trying to talk to them, because how do you, you lose somebody on, if you lose a child on the bus, you would never find them. And they go to a city like Atlanta with no ID, no nothing.
0: Where would you start to look? come on so true yeah very terrifying
1: yes and so that was another um i'm I'm telling you this thing with me i don't know like god had something for me so i so it then again was like okay you're gonna be quiet i can't be quiet i really can't i tried i really did but it's just too much however it rolls out is the way it's got to roll out and so and it's and i think and i know he's orchestrating it all and i want to get back to your purpose by design because I heard your, your title of your show, Purpose by Design, but I didn't I didn't attach it to everything. I said a, a purposeful life, a life by design, not by default. These things I've been saying throughout the years, and then you say purpose is purpose by design, right? Yep. Purpose by design, not by default. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> and so I thought last year I said, okay, somebody was doing a, a show on me, and I said, okay, well, me and my daughter, I'll get on that show. But that didn't work out. Then it didn't sit well. It just didn't feel right. But it was something about, I don't know if it was, we were on the TIR call or something, but I had not said, okay, I didn't know. I didn't even know Pam, Pamela. Do you say Pam, Pamela? I don't want to be.
0: Pamela is what I go by, but I wouldn't. Call me Pam.
1: Either okay, I told you right, Pamela. So, And it's just something that started speaking. And I don't take anything now. I don't look at things. Remember, I just don't let it marinate. I act off of what he says yes and I don't question it so I know that whatever will happen is going to happen and whatever don't happen is not going to happen whatever has to fix we'll fix and we'll do it together because I just I just let him leave me like that and it was your show and -hmm. that's when I reached out because and I did I I didn't know I didn't know but he put that in front of me and that's when I reached out to you and I said what is the name? I think it's actually, well, what did your name show? What did you show about? And I want to do this. And you was like, Yes. So I, I knew it. I knew. And so that's my purpose by design. And this moment right here, it was purposely done and designed to be on Pam show to tell the story and to be in a platform where it's safe and you're a believer. Yes, I am. And you're a praying woman. I and I am. And that's. That's everything. That's absolutely everything. That was a a connected dot that wow. is, I because even when I when I first even first inbox you, I just I just started feeling mm. so much connection. So much. It's like okay, I it's, it's like I knew it was right because you know you can get into some stuff where you are like wait a minute wait a minute that don't feel right. That's you know right. yeah. But no, I I knew it was what he wanted, and I'm mm. grateful. I'm forever grateful. I'm grateful for you. Even because, see, you didn't know this day was coming. He started working on you last year when you had to get all this stuff together. <laughs> yes. And, you know, isn't that amazing? Because when you think about it, we are praying and we're living. But these things have to line up. And we're right. all we're all lining up to be a blessing to others. And we're, we're being blessed in people's lives. And they're being blessed in our lives. And when we're looking at it and we're starting to receive and accept it, wow. And you're wow. starting to notice it. And it's been here all along, but we live through this microwave society where we don't sip slow, but now that we're in the process of sipping and acknowledging and accepting that, and that's one of the things I speak on, like paid in full, when I realized my life is paid in full, that I had to prepare and plan and, and pray and accept and acknowledge. I accept and acknowledge who I am, whether it were good, bad, indifference, this is me. And so in order for me, even when I was going through the process with my daughter and I was looking at it wrong, See, now I know what it looks like because I've accepted it. So I now can ask him for an, an intentional deliverance. Right. So that's why I get to pay for it's It's, it's to pray and pl- prepare and plan for and to accept and acknowledge an intentional deliverance. And that deliverance was from me mm-hmm. and my way of thinking. And, and it can be intentional deliverance from anything else. But that one was from me to get mm-hmm. out of my own self way and let him come in, and really show me the life that he's designing for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, Shika, that is so beautiful. Thank you. You know, I you, you look and you see how how God is just brings the people together. It's like a, a beautiful quilt, mm-hmm. you know, pieces mm-hmm. weaved, weft, whatever the word is. Together and how this whole thing happens. I, I, when you reached out, I was actually in my car and I heard my phone go off and I and I didn't read it. I, I was driving, but I looked over and I went, "Yashika," and and so I had to stop for gas. And so I pulled up, you know, and, and and looked at my phone and it was just a divine connection even then and and to just see how your life has transformed. Mm -hmm. and how really you have allowed, I mean, give credit where credit is due. You have allowed God to take a mess and make a masterpiece out Mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. You have allowed the testing to become your testimony. You have allowed it. And now this story, this testimony, this masterpiece, Mm -hmm. this is just one platform God is going to put you on with it. And all the people whose lives are going to be touched and changed like to know to have that peace of knowing my kids are going to be okay my grandchildren are going to be okay because mm-hmm. i've trusted god i've dispatched those angels i prayed mm-hmm. i'm trusting the process of the divine assignment here mm-hmm. but then to know like okay my kid might be acting like this but then to find out there's something else going on, like there's that sigh of relief and at the relief. same time concern, but you mm-hmm. had an answer then. Mm-hmm. And then to know that, oh my goodness, your son is in this awful car accident. Mm-hmm. And that when you couldn't be there and all you know what was breaking loose all around mm-hmm. you, plus you're recovering from the, going through that healing from being a widow. I mean, like, and that God was like, I got your back. Mm-hmm. I've got your son And then you had to know, like, he's got my daughter too, and got all this, and that you could just release. Mm -hmm. You could implode, explode, whatever you needed to do, that Mm -hmm. you no longer had to control everything and keep your hand on the wheel. I -hmm. hope you guys are hearing this today. Mm -hmm. You don't have to keep your hand on the wheel, you can release these things, you can release them to God. And Absolutely. he's already, he's already got it. So it's not like right. he's saying, okay, you know, but he's already got it. And you just need to let go let and, and know that he's got you just like he's got mm-hmm. Yashika, just like he has her family. And that this whole craziness, all this chaos has been brought into a place where it's like, I see you Yashika is like that mm-hmm. arrow in the bow of God's hand just mm-hmm. to release and to be able to bring so much hope to so many. Oh my gosh. Okay, tell us about your book because we're starting to run down on time. So tell us about your book. When will it be available? How do people mm-hmm. get it? And how do people reach out to you to make sure that they can, you know, be connected with you and follow you going forward? Okay.
1: I'm on all the social media platforms at Yeshi Could Be For You. And that's that's my name. it's this my name? And also um which is my website. And my book, the one that's coming out, the one that I'm so proud of, and I, and I think the delay is because when you really and truly give it to God, Pam, he he, you you can say you want to do this. I'm not going to write this, but he'll show you. It. Wait a minute, and I think that's why it's delayed a little bit because he's telling me to put something else in it. Okay, and you know, I, and I just ha- haven't done it. Excuse me. So it's delayed by, by about about a week. It's not not much. So. Then I, and as I was sitting here today, because I was asking for what was the date and that's when it came, it just came to, because I, you need to go back through it. It's something else he wants me to put in it. Because although when I, I want to tell you this though, so because I asked my daughter as I was writing, because it's so much and I, and I didn't, I'm in, he even removed her from the house while I was talking in it. Awesome. So, because it's so much in there, but I don't tell it all because one thing I know, I know about us is that we can move from things, but other people can't. Sure. And I want her to have an opportunity to have a life. Mm, so if nice. you you knew the depths of the things that she's done, then I don't want anyone judging her by that. Right. So I can hit the surface of things that happen and you can understand through your imagination and through other parents to say, oh, wow. And then to know that, you know what? But golly, but look at that masterpiece because she's yeah. a piece of the yeah. master.
0: That's right. That's right. And that God really does uh, give us do-overs, new beginnings, start-overs. And he definitely answers
1: prayers, even when you don't even know what you're praying for. When you're praying, because that's routine. <laughs> but when you get into what prayer really is, he does answer. And he does answer the conversations. that. And you don't, and I learned that too. You don't have to be, because I told you I'm Southern. So you don't have to be on your knees for three, five hours praying to yeah. something happen, you can talk and just like we talking right here and he would just give you what you need but that relationship is what you and him decide upon if that's the way i asked god I said god can i talk to you and he said yeah, that's between me and him now you may i'm not telling the people you don't have to talk, pray for three hours a time that may be y'all's relationship but mine and his is different we talk like we just the best of buddies because yes. i can walk through the house and be talking and stuff so, and start here but the the book that i'm that's going to be the finishing well of this stuff and then of the mothers and daughters it's going to be a mother's love tested and I'm shooting and pushing for it to be out by April 15th because I know that he's he's wanting me to do something else and also designed reflections that one is the one that's going to be a little bit of everything so it's coming out too and so I'm just waiting for him to give me a date because he gave me May 12th which is my birthday so I don't know i don't but oh. I, gotta be, I have to be disciplined i can't say i don't know because i have been you know life happens because of some of the things the choices that we made now you know so yeah, but now you just get into that place of being disciplined and listening it can be so much better it's like mm-hmm. the, the sail is up and you're smooth sailing no choppy waters and you're not even flying in turbulence it's just smooth yeah not to say it's not going to happen but you just you get it at a different different pace a different like yeah. it's, you're still going to have trials and tribulations but they're just not going to hit you like they did before right because you're in a different right. realm of yes. living, yes. and then the surrounding yourself with people who understand that that you can reach out and talk to because I feel so comfortable right now like talking to you I could just like you know hey this is going on how do you get past that or just be able to feel safe and say, you know what, this was what happened, you know, but I know that God is talking, but good mm-hmm. Lord, it's turbulence, but it's going to just, all I got to do is get through it. So, and I That's even look right. at it as, as a
0: storm, you know, That's just right. keep driving. Just yeah. keep, oh, I love that. Just keep yeah. driving. Well, yes, yeah, Sheikah, thank you for sharing all of this. I know, I mean, I am so inspired. I was taking lots of notes mm-hmm. and as we uh, close out today, I want to hit a couple highlights for everybody. Okay. Look at the seconds, not just the days. Mm-hmm. That that was powerful. Um, and then you said, show me me, not just show the me, me, me I want to see, or not just the me I like, show me me. Mm-hmm. And um, you also said, we can reshape things. And I wrote that down. That is, those are some of my highlights that I'm taking away from this. Look at the seconds. Show me the real me and I can reshape things. And of course, we do that by faith. We do that mm-hmm. through our, our, our mind being renewed, which we also call thinking into results, right? And, mm-hmm. and by watching the words that are coming out of our mouth and just allowing our allowing God and, and to expand our thoughts. And, and something that I always say is, allow me to see that person. Through your eyes and not my own. Mm-hmm. And that, that just is. so yes. fits into this. This has been so rich today, Yashika. Thank you so much for sharing this. We're going to have you come back again mm-hmm. and uh, you can update us on your books as they come out and, mm-hmm. and and share updates on your children. Would you do that? Would you come back in a few months? I sure will. Oh, yes. That would be phenomenal. Yes. Well, I also want to thank you to all of our viewers and listeners. I know you have been inspired today. And I hope as parents and grandparents of aunties and uncles or big siblings or whatever, that you are thinking about how you can release and you can trust God. You can trust mm-hmm. a higher power to your children. And I hope that makes you pause and reflect to, you know, because maybe you're listening today and you're thinking, I haven't even really thought about God. Perhaps that's why you're listening is so that you can. Mm-hmm. And, and I know... Because for me, when I said, make yourself real to me in a way, I can't deny he did that. And I know mm-hmm. people do that for you. And maybe your takeaway is, you know, I am like just running through life and I need to stop and do some sipping of that coffee. Yes. And slow down and smell those roses, roses mm-hmm. and not just look at, well, tomorrow, because be in the moment uh, in that second today. So I believe you're taking all of that away uh, today to my audience. Um, I'm so glad you're here. Remember. You are the salt and the light everywhere you go. You are here on purpose with a purpose by design. Thank you for being here today. And don't forget to subscribe and share and comment and like. Let's let the whole world know Yashika's story. But remember, purpose by design is a whole new world. Welcome to the new world. Thank you for being here today. And God bless you. Thank you. Thank you.